We love a chat. We love to help, and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, stimming out of pure frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way, and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory networks. You know what? Good morning, it's Jenny here back with another show in um, Sensory Matters and today I have Lorraine and we're having our fortnightly chat. Hi Lorraine. Hi. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Good, and we're missing Katie today, she can't make it unfortunately, which is a shame, but um, we will have her back in a couple of weeks, no doubt, yeah. it's just that time of year, it's busy. Um, so we are chatting today mainly about last week's podcast, which was Kelly Johnson. And then we've got a couple of things that Lorraine's spotted in the news and some other bits to discuss. So let's kick off with what your thoughts are on the podcast. Um, I really connected with the podcast again because I'm awaiting diagnosis. So anytime I listen to a podcast with an autistic adult, um, I think, oh God, yeah, that that reminds me of me. That reminds me of me. Um, a lot of things that she said really stood out. And the first thing was that she had to get a photo taken. And mm-hmm. when she's happy and smiling generally, it's a real smile. But if you have to have your photo taken, it's like a fake smile. Yeah. Um, and I, I hate having my photo taken and I just I can't smile. But if you were to capture me smiling in real life, I would have yeah. a real smile. And I thought, actually, that's so true that it's like masking for a photo yeah 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 absolutely and then I thought maybe that's why I can't smile for photos yeah maybe it is it is a hard thing it feels very false doesn't it yeah yeah um and she's she's just you know it kind of got us all thinking here didn't it about autistic adults and and is there should we be listening more to what they have to say because she had an awful lot of valuable things to say didn't she yeah definitely and I think as a parent of an autistic child as well, mm-hmm. you can't get into their head. You don't know when they're a child, how to help them. Where an autistic adult has lived through it and they're yeah. in a position to be able to give you help and advice. Yes. And also to look at autistic adults, you can see the future for your children. Because sometimes yes. you're sat there and you're thinking, oh my God, this is so bleak. What are they going to end up like? And actually there's autistic adults out there that are thriving and doing brilliant things. Definitely. I think it really does give that sense of hope, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it is that whole thing that people say when autism doesn't stop. You know, you, of course, you, you you end up with autistic adults um, and and they are so, you know, they, they, they just kind of blend in a bit in society because they have learned to cope and have strategies and things. And that that must be really encouraging being a parent to see that. Yeah, and I think because there was that whole misgeneration of people of my age that yes. are now going on to get diagnosed, and so a lot more autistic adults are speaking out and trying to help others. So it's yes. a brilliant time for parents to kind of – Twitter's an amazing place. Um, if you search hashtag actually autistic, you'll get all these autistic adults, and there's just so many of them out there. You can ask for help, and they're more than willing to help and advise. Totally. And I, I also think it's really positive for the generation that are growing up being diagnosed now as children, because the whole community and all of those hashtags and adults supporting people uh, just make the 
community much more supportive and going through diagnosis much more comfortable and probably easier to accept and deal with because you know you're not alone and there's so many people like it yeah yeah it's really interesting yeah like one of the things that she said um was about living independently so as an autistic adult just because you can live independently doesn't mean that you're not struggling yes um so I think she'd gone on to say that uh, Kelly had gone on to say that she'd got somebody to come in and do her housework because her executive functioning is not that great um, and one of the things that struck me was that some people might get takeaways every night and that's something that I do yeah because yeah I live independently I've got a house I've got kids um I don't do the finances I don't understand finances so my husband does all that um we need a new bathroom I didn't know where to start mm-hmm. you know I had to ask for help on Facebook it's just yeah so I've got a house and I live independently but that doesn't mean that I'm a functioning adult no and I guess then the other thing that she's done well is recognizing and accepting where she doesn't function as well and what she can't handle and seeking out the help for that yeah definitely which is really important yeah there was a few things that really struck me when when she was speaking um there was she was married quite young yes Uh, I was married quite young as well Mm -hmm. and her husband accepts a lot of, they've got a lot of give and take. So if she doesn't understand something, they'll have a little, oh, I understand why you didn't understand that. This is what I meant. Rather than it could have turned into an argument. And that's where me and my husband are right now. So before we used to argue a lot. And I think it's because I didn't understand. Like I don't get jokes. he didn't understand why you didn't understand. Yeah, and he'd say, well, why haven't you got that? As if anybody would get that and it would, caused an argument in the end but now that he's accepted that yeah I'm on the spectrum he'll say to me oh right sorry I didn't mean it like that I understand which way you've taken it now and then we go back over and explain things it's made our relationship so much better yeah yeah that's good really positive yeah good but yeah it was it was it was a great one to listen to and just as we say gives just a a lot of tips for functioning in adult life and a lot of um insight into that and hope and support for those people going through it earlier, knowing signposting to what's ahead. It was really good. Yeah, and I think for parents as well who are looking at their kids and thinking, oh, that's like me, it's important to follow that up. And that's what Kelly was saying, that she recognised herself in her son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of adults out there that think the same. Yes. I think if you, if you, if you feel that you need to be diagnosed, then go and see a GP. Yeah, absolutely. Too right. Because um, I think it does an awful lot for your, your own mental health and accepting who you are by pursuing that as well. Yeah, and I think the uh, Kelly talked about connecting with people that now that she's diagnosed and she's connected with other autistic people, mm. that makes a huge difference. And I've experienced that as well. So meeting other autistic adults and realising that you're similar and you're not such a weirdo, for example. Like, yes. um you really do meet your own people. And I think Indy Andy said this in his podcast as well. Our community is incredible. And when you start speaking to people that just get you, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Yeah, so definitely, if you haven't listened to last week's, definitely go back and have a listen. Worth a, worth a listen. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we were going to talk about, the sensory matter this week, comes in line with a new product that we've just brought on board, um, which is a finger toothbrush. 
And that's a massive um, area that a lot of people on the spectrum struggle with, don't they, Lorraine? Yeah, toothbrushing can be really difficult for many reasons, from the the texture of the toothbrush, the taste and the texture of the toothpaste. Um, If you've got coordination difficulties, there's just so many reasons that toothbrushing can be difficult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And these little toothbrushes are well smart because they just fit on your finger and they've got little bristles. So it, it doesn't make your mouth feel as full. Um, you've got more control because it's on your finger and they don't need toothpaste and they don't foam. And yeah, so they're, they're a real gem of a find and they've gone down really well in our community, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they've, I think everybody, <laughs> looks like everybody's bought them on Facebook. That's what it looks like. I mean, I've got, <laughs> I love it. Um, I like the feel of it in my mouth. For me, I love to brush my teeth because I'm very conscious. You know, when you get um, fluffy teeth, Yes. I can't have fluffy teeth. My teeth have to be clean all of the time. So I brush my teeth more than I should. And I right. use special toothbrush, uh, toothpaste. That I don't care what it tastes like as long as it gets the stuff off my teeth. So now this finger toothbrush, I can pop it in my bag. When we go out to Weatherspoons, I can do my teeth where I, I can't do that with a normal toothbrush. Yeah, I suppose even, so. Yeah, for people that do brush their teeth okay, it's still mm-hmm. really handy. You know, I remember being at work and having – a dentist appointment and I would always take my toothbrush and toothpaste with me so that I could brush my teeth before before I saw the dentist yes uh, something like this would be great just give your teeth a little once over before you go in and you f- just feel a bit more confident yeah definitely and what's the feedback that we've had from like the the main issues that people face brushing their teeth what have people really struggled with well I don't know if you saw Barbara's comment on the Facebook page Barbara's one of our VICs and she's been with us for years and um, Barbara can't brush her teeth because she's got um, a stomach condition so right. toothpaste makes her sick oh so she went ahead got some finger toothbrushes and she's been able to brush her teeth things wow. like that that makes me want to cry yeah it's su- such an amazing thing yeah, that is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got another VIC whose son doesn't brush his teeth and he recently had to have five teeth removed. Oh, no. Um, and he's, he's only young. Yeah. Uh, they got theirs the other day and I got a picture saying, look, he's brushing his teeth. He won't take it out of his mouth. That's just incredible. Really good. Because there's so many things like that, just like everyday things that people take for granted that can be a real struggle. Yeah. The senses. Yeah, it's really good. Excellent. Okay, um, so I think what we'll do is we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and we've got two really interesting things to chat about. If you or your child struggle with toothbrushing, we have an amazing new product available. It is the Ico Finger Toothbrush. It is in our Chewy Gem shop now. You don't need toothpaste, you don't need water. You simply pop the finger toothbrush on the end of your finger and brush your teeth. It is incredible. Available in children's sizes from 6 plus, four different flavours. Adult sizes, small, medium and large in mild mint. And they last for 100 brushes each. They are absolutely incredible. So go and check those out. Remember, if you need any help or support, you can pop over to our sensory support group in Facebook. And we are the most welcoming, lovely community ready to help. Now back to the podcast right welcome back everyone um so the the big thing Lorraine you've seen something haven't you in in the news this week which we could probably talk about for hours so what is it that you've seen um it's been everywhere so I don't know if if you've missed it I don't really know how because it's just popped up everywhere on Facebook for me and it's about some schools have had to employ nappy changes Mm -hmm. so young kids are coming into school um not toilet trained, not being able to use cutlery, 
and not speaking properly. Okay. So I started to see these posts pop up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. My initial reaction was they're saying that par- that people are bad parents. And then I'm like, well, Jamie couldn't use cutlery. Her, her communication's difficult and she wasn't potty trained. I'm going to say six, but really we didn't get her out of pull-ups properly till she was 13. Yeah. And that's not down to bad parenting. So I was, at first I was really infuriated. But before I commented, I thought, sit down, think about this. And I started to think, actually, if you've got somebody in school like that who is toilet training and teaching them to use knife and fork mm. and they still don't go on to be able to do it, then that's going to help those who struggle, who need support. Yes. They'll be able to identify that actually I've got this special person in here to change nappies, try and toilet train, but this one child just can't do it. We need to do something about that. So I thought that was something to look at, but it also made me think that actually if parents aren't teaching their kids to use knives and forks and they're not communicating with them and they're not being toilet trained, then that means that the kids that do need support aren't going to stand out for that early intervention. Yeah, I know that is true. Not thought about that. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, in amongst those children, there will be some children with additional needs and some children who, unfortunately, haven't grasped it and some children who may just not have been taught it. Mm-hmm. But if it's got to the point that we're having to employ people to do it, yeah, does that mean that children are going to miss that early intervention because they're getting grouped in with children that don't have additional needs but just haven't been taught these things oh, that's what okay. I that, that was my concern because originally I was going to be like jumping in going crazy this is terrible what about us parents of, of autistic kids that that do this you know but then I thought no because no not many kids at Jamie's school weren't potty trained so it was pretty obvious that she had issues yes whereas if if it was that bad that they had to employ somebody to change nappies would she have been spotted or is it is it that there's more more i mean is 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 autism and issues like that just on the rise and therefore maybe more people are in the same boat because you know do we really it must i can't imagine a time where a parent and maybe i'm naive would not do everything they can to get their child to the point of being potty trained. So if they get to school age and they're not, then surely there has to be something else going on. Well, that's I was thinking that as well because I thought changing nappies is not pleasant. Yeah. So the, the sooner I could get my two out of nappies, I was happy. I used to love them running around with, with nothing on and just putting a potty out. That was so much easier than having to physically change a nappy. Yeah. So, yes, I don't. I can't understand why any parent wouldn't try and potty train. And not only that, I think most children want to copy and want to be like the adult and other kids and so it becomes a priority for them as well yeah and I think once they get to a certain age anyway they know I remember my nephew um he still wasn't uh, potty trained for wheeze but he wouldn't do a poo unless he was on the potty so yeah. he'd have a nappy on and then he'd, he'd tell you that he needed to go to the potty for a poo because he wouldn't want to poo in his nappy yeah um, and that was a I mean, he's just turned four, so he probably would have been about two. Yeah, it's interesting because the other one is is the not being able to use a knife and fork as well. Yeah. Now, that for me is really interesting because my daughter, I weaned in the normal way with 
baby food and a spoon. But when my son was born, the rage was all that baby led weaning. Yeah. So no cutlery and just eating like a caveman with his hands. And to this day, he's nine now, he still eats like a caveman with his hands. And can we get him to use a knife and fork? And it's a constant battle at the dinner table. He's like, fork, knife, ah. And he just defaults back to his hands. Now, is that because we did baby led weaning or is he just a lazy nine-year-old boy? That could actually fit in because baby led weaning, I don't know if it's still a popular thing because obviously I haven't got babies anymore, but I remember when I used to do a lot for Gummy Gem and mm-hmm. baby led weaning, was everybody was doing baby led weaning and I thought, yeah. oh, I wish I'd have done that. That looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah I know. So you just you just don't know what's what's caused the you know, the change, the rise in, in children not being as ready as they were, you know, years ago and therefore creating such a need that they're having to employ people. It's, I mean, it sounds insane, but I think what's more interesting about it is I would, I would love to know why. Well, I'm just trying to think back to when I was a kid in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm thinking, is there a rise or was it that maybe nowadays parents are like, oh, I haven't quite potty trained them, so can we send them in pull-ups? Yeah. Where back in the eighties you just wet yourself. Yeah. And then they had they had that box of spare clothing. Yeah. You got changed, you went home. And there was a lot I mean, I, I did it when I was little. Yeah. So was it is it just that now it it's more more of an issue to people? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Actually I would I would really like some input from teachers maybe who taught back years ago. It would be interesting to know if, if um, primary school teachers, I should ask my mum. Yeah, I was going to say that, ask your yeah. Because I remember at her school, because she, she taught reception class in year one, and she had a box of clothes because yeah. kids do have accidents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what's right, I don't know what's wrong, I just think it's very interesting. It is very interesting, but I also do think it's interesting positive and negative in the whole whenever there's something like this and you get the the um people that jump on the kind of angry rant of well you're not considering the special needs kids or or whatever and I get I get that um because quite often you're faced with that not considering their needs Mm -hmm. and therefore it's that default thing but I just wish sometimes people would pause and, and and think before they react Um, and that's exactly what I did because I first I felt infuriated when I read it and then I thought well hang on a second first of all which newspapers are publishing this you know they they publish things in a certain way so that you react a certain way oh totally and then I thought what if you're what if you're one of the parents that they report in this school and your child is that child that the nappy changer is in there for yes and you're not a bad parent no. Doing whatever you can for your child. But people are saying, this is down to lazy parenting. Yeah, that how must, awful. That must be awful. Because that, Absolutely. Yeah, because I was offered parenting courses and things with Jamie. Obviously, at first, they're like, oh, it's got to be your parenting. And that's the way it kind of goes. Yeah. And I felt really mad that they wanted me to go on a parenting course because I knew that there was nothing wrong with my parenting. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, infuriating indeed. Hmm, yes. I, lo- I love it when we get stuff like that in the news. It was, it's just interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I just really hope that if it is, if there are people being lazy, that it's not affecting kids that need the extra support and that they don't have to wait longer. Or yeah. that these people are coming in to do these jobs and it means that they're spotting them sooner. That would be great. 
Yes, absolutely. And hopefully it is more of that. Yeah. Um, and what about, so moving on from that then, question of the week. We've not had a question as such, but you've, you've had a request to post something anonymously in the group for support. Yeah, so somebody... And we thought that was worth talking about. Yeah, I think because it was very relevant to my situation as well. Somebody asked to post something anonymously. Basically, they'd, they'd had a meltdown and lashed out at a parent and they felt like they were a terrible person. Yeah. Last, last week... This happened, Jamie hit me and she she said, I want to die. I'm an awful person. I can't believe I've done that. But I think it's important to understand that, yeah, you haven't done it on purpose. It's it's a reaction. It's not it's not something that we want, want you to do. We don't want to be hit. But at the same time, we love our children and we understand. Yeah. And if you're then going on to feel guilty and bad, that's that's not a helpful way to think to, to then move on from the situation. So I, I don't really know how to get this out, but I was trying to say to Jamie, look, I understand. I think that's basically it. I understand. You don't need to go and beat yourself up about it. It's happened. Mm-hmm. We need to move on. And the guilt feelings, I think because you, you, you associate violence with badness. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what Jamie was like, oh my God, I'm a terrible person because I've hit you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and probably the the person that messaged was the same. And if you just go around hitting people, that is really wrong. Yes. But unfortunately, sometimes these things do happen. And as an autistic parent, I understand that that's going to happen and it's not acceptable. And I tried to say to Jamie, look, we need to manage your emotions and we need to put strategies in place so that this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But actually... If it gets to the point that that happens, it's probably something that I haven't done or noticed before it's happened. So I then think, well, what could I have done to prevent that? So it's it's yeah. like you've got to share the responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess so. But I think from your point of view, I mean, Jamie's, Jamie's fully grown, really, isn't she? Yeah, she's um, bigger than me. Yeah, she's bigger than you, but she's quite slight. Yeah. So it probably doesn't pose that much of a physical threat to you. No. But if you looked at, um, you know, in the A word, where there was that other, the older guy. Yeah. Someone, you know, as big as that. um, It it could potentially become a threat to the parent. Yeah, it could. And so that, that must be incredibly difficult when they're in that position. Yeah. I don't Um, know. Yeah, I don't know how I would manage. I mean, Jamie hurt me. She hit me. She hit, she hit um, her dad as well. And obviously for him, it was nothing. Yeah. For me, it hurt. But she she hasn't done that for, it's been a long time since she's been violent. So I think yeah. it was more of a shock as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that, that must be when that happens. How how does it make you feel? Because you're sitting there being all noble and saying, you know, I know, I know it's a situation and it, can't be helped and yes that's not acceptable behavior but let's just put that behind us and and move on so that she doesn't carry that guilt around with her and and that's quite right but at the time how does it make you feel at the time I'm thinking oh my god I can't believe you've just done that to me yeah (laughs) Uh, that's in my head but then I've probably done it if I'm gonna go on to get diagnosed as an adult and I'm thinking back to my childhood I've probably done the exact same thing but I've probably been branded naughty for that and been punished in a different way yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's um, it's important to look at other ways to channel the anger. So if if you've got a violent child, then things like punching pillows. Um, we used to have a punch bag. I'm I'm thinking about reintroducing that because we didn't need it, so we we got rid. Um, but there's so many other things that you can do. Yeah. So I think if you look at, I, I've been trying to go through last week's episode with Jamie to see what I could have changed mm. um, and at what point I could have redirected her so that she didn't yeah. hit somebody. Yeah, and I guess that's that's the tip, isn't it? You know, don't dwell on these things, learn from them. Yeah. Um, and, and use that in your tool bag for moving forward and how to maybe prevent it happening. Yeah, and I think if you're an older person, an older child, a teen or a younger adult or whatever, then you can also be thinking of things or speak to your parents or whoever whoever your care is and try and work out some better tools so that you can prevent it in the future. Yeah, absolutely. But I, just, I, I think, think feeling guilty over it just doesn't help. And I know you can't help feeling guilty. But I just feel so no. bad when Jamie says she feels guilty and I'm like, honestly, I'm over it. I love you, you're my child. The other thing is you'd be more concerned if she didn't feel guilty. Yeah. So that's that's the other positive. The person that's written in anonymously, that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, that they're feeling guilty. And in some ways they should feel guilty, but then move on from it. Yeah. Um, because you know, it's it's not it's it's not acceptable, but at the same time they're in a situation where something's happened and it can't be helped. Yeah, and I think actually when you recognise yourself that that's wrong, I feel guilty, I shouldn't have done that, then that's the perfect opportunity to then look at other strategies because you'd be you'd be willing to try anything else than feel like that again. Yes, definitely. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I hope that's helpful for people because it's probably not uncommon. No, and if anybody's got any tips for strategies like things like punching pillows and um, punch bags and things just to take out aggression elsewhere. It'd be great if you've got any tips. Yeah, yeah share, share them for us. Yeah. Definitely, that would be really good. Fab. Well, I think that's all, all our main issues this week, isn't it? Is there anything else from you? Um, no, just no. enjoying the sun. Yeah. Have you got sun? Um, no. <laughs> no, not yet, but it's threatening to come this weekend apparently, which would be lovely. Yeah, I think we, we were about 18 degrees yesterday. No way. Yeah, and I can see the sun now. It's going to be warm this afternoon, but they said it's going to be warmer in the UK this weekend than Spain. Wow, yeah. lovely. I mean, I'm not a fan well, of hot weather. But no, but nice warm weather's nice, Yeah, warm it? weather is nice, yeah. So I'll probably struggle a bit at the weekend. But yesterday, just being in the shade and out with the dogs and things, it just, mm-hmm. it was, it's like a relaxing feeling. It was lovely. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Um, So next week, I think we have got Steph Reed, who's the autism teacher. Um, So she's on the podcast next week. That should be really interesting. And then myself, Lorraine and Katie will be back the week after that um, to chat about that podcast. And so for today, that's it from us. So thanks, Lorraine, for that. It was really interesting. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 
Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available, why not hit subscribe? And that way you'll never miss us. Finally, if you're not already a member of our fantastic Facebook support group, I suggest you go join it. We'd love to see you in there. There's loads of fantastic chat, lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you. So go and search on Facebook for the Chewy Gem Sensory Support Group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes. Speak to you then. Bye.